Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I am fired up for our interview today with our special guest, Wyatt Ewing. Let me tell you a little bit about Wyatt. Wyatt is the founder and CEO of a company you may recognize called Ice Barrel and is recognized for his expertise in product innovation, manufacturing, and e-commerce marketing. His career began in corporate aviation where he specialized in buying and selling jets. Wyatt's intense work schedule, working 60 to 80 hour weeks, led to some significant physical and mental health issues. A turning point came for Wyatt when a stranger introduced him to breathwork, meditation, and cold showers. Skeptical yet desperate, Wyatt explored cold therapy and experienced transformative effects. Can't wait to hear about that as well. Prompting his wife to comment on his renewed vigor. Motivated by the limitations of cold showers and ice baths, Wyatt invented a more efficient cold therapy device leading to the foundation of what we know now as Ice Barrel. His company quickly became a leader in the cold therapy industry, focusing on accessible and effective solutions. Ice Barrel aims to promote well-being and empower extraordinary living through simplified wellness practices. Residing in Ohio with his wife and three children, Wyatt is an enthusiast of family life, cold therapy, CrossFit, health and fitness, agriculture, and nature. Wyatt, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much for having me here. Absolutely. Well, I've just given our listeners just a brief overview of kind of who you are, what you're up to these days, but give us the Cliff Notes version, if you would. Take us back and just kind of in warp speed, tell us how you got to where you are today. Essentially, tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Colorado Springs. It was a very unusual upbringing, pretty survivalistic at times, just due to some unfortunate family circumstances. But I learned a lot about resiliency and grit and tenacity through that whole process. So fast forward, got an early jump in life right out of high school, got married, bought a house, was doing okay for myself right after high school. So decided to skip the whole college scene and just get right into it. My background was always in some form of sales and then luxury sales started off. So like door knocking ADT security systems, and then went into some home remodeling work. And then from there, art and sculptures and jewelry, all the way up to in 2017, I found myself selling corporate jets. Wow. That's quite a diverse background of sales from door-to-door alarm systems, essentially, I guess, to, to jets. How did you end up selling jets? Yeah. So I was always actually passionate about aviation. My granddad was a U.S. astronaut and test pilot for the Air Force. And I was always super interested in that. I didn't want to be a mechanic and work on the airplanes. And I definitely didn't want to fly, but I still wanted to be around airplanes. So I found myself figuring like, hey, if I'm not going to do those two things, I guess I'll just sell them. That's kind of where my talent was, was in like sales and high performance deal making. So yeah, that's how I got into it. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I don't know much about jets. I spent a few hours working on my pilot's license. I still haven't completed it, but I'm intrigued by all that. What kind of jets were you selling just out of curiosity? Yeah. So I specialized in the super midsize market. So I was doing like Gulfstream G200s, G280s, Sovereign 680s, 
Challenger 300s, 350s. Those jets are anywhere between two to $15 million and owned predominantly by corporations flying around executives. Gotcha. And how long were you selling those? And tell me, how did the transition occur to founding Ice Barrel in that same year, I believe, right? 2017? Yeah, I actually got into the aviation space earlier than that. And I actually sold my last airplane in 2020. So are you a pilot as well? Not a pilot, just a, just a salesman. And yeah, but I would, whenever the company needed some money or the family needed money while I was building the business, I would go sell an airplane. That was how I cash flowed this thing. I love it. So tell us about the transition. How did that all occur? Some health challenges in the midst of selling the two to $15 million jets? Yeah. So I had a lot of anxiety growing up and it, it came right along with me into my adult years. I uh, didn't age well. In 2018, it all kind of came to a head. I was very much at the end of my rope, uh, like very early life crisis. I had this very survivalistic belief system and behavior and the pressures of aviation were, they're very high. It's a very challenging industry. Deals fall apart all the time and you just have to have like a lot of grit to be in that space. And it didn't help with the anxiety. I wasn't showing up well for myself. I wasn't showing up well for my wife and our kid at the time. We have three now, but one at the time. And I was just looking for answers in life because I was not doing well. I was constantly sick. I had chronic bronchitis. It was very challenging. And it came this time where I walked into this gym and this guy encouraged me to take a cold shower. He told me how unwell I looked. I felt unwell. And I tried that cold shower and it changed my life. I liken it, that first cold shower, I always liken it to that feeling when you have like a head cold and you're sick for like five to seven days and then you get better and you're like, oh, I forgot what it feels like to feel so good again. Yeah. That's how it was. But like over this like huge arch of my life, I was like, wow, I haven't felt this present in the moment and at peace in a long time. And I had tried meditation and supplements and exercise and diet and different spirituality to try and like solve anxiety and nothing was working. But that those cold showers like grounded me. After about like a couple months of that, my wife made the comment. She's like, you're so much more patient and uh, you have a better attitude. And I was like, I feel like I have a better attitude. I feel more patient with myself. I'm starting to show up better for the things and people I love most. And from there, I just became so passionate about what cold had done for me. I wanted to share the power of cold with everybody everywhere. So I started that mission. One thing that like really triggered it was I didn't like this idea of lying down in this rested position in like the family bathtub or a stock tank when your body is in a fight or flight response. Like if you think about it, nowhere in nature does a creature go into the fight or flight response and then lie down in the most vulnerable position, right? And I was like, why are we doing that? Like, why are we intentionally putting ourselves into this like fight or flight response and then lying down? <laughs> Unless you're a fainting goat, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I wanted to innovate the product in this upright position while still creating something that's made in the US from recycled materials that's sustainable and while putting it through a standard entry door so it could fit on any apartment complex balcony. The goal and the mission was always to make cold therapy accessible and effective. And that's what we've done. That is so cool, Wyatt. And for those that are listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever, you can't see what I'm seeing, but Wyatt today, we happened to catch him here at his, what, at your manufacturing? Is that right? Or your warehouse? Yeah, I'm at our shipping and receiving warehouse in Ohio. 
we manufacture about 45 minutes away from here. And I'm working from here today. We're launching a new product on February 20th. And so it's kind of all hands on deck, getting everything ready for that new product. Exciting. Is the new product what I'm seeing the white boxes behind you? Or is that which products behind you? Yeah. So this behind me is the iconic Ice Barrel 400. That was the first product that we designed out of our uh, plastic. We use an LLDPE plastic. It's a non-porous, non-toxic, BPA-free, very high quality plastic that is 100% recycled. So that's what's behind me right now. The new version that is coming out is a gym ready unit. It's easy to get in and out of. It's the most insulated cold therapy product ever made. And it launches, yeah, uh, next Tuesday. Wow, that's very cool. By the way, I was just saying, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see what I'm talking about is the boxes of the, the product behind him. It's pretty cool. And congratulations on the new product launching. I can't wait to ask you more about that here in a minute. But when did you launch your company, Wyatt? Was it 2017? Was that the year? Yes, October 17, 2017 is when the company was formed. 2018 was this huge product innovation year, as well as like looking for a product market fit. I had developed the original product out of a white oak barrel. We actually have one left here at our warehouse, which is really cool. I'm really glad that we saved one. It's really interesting. That original white oak like prototype, we were making those like by hand. We partnered with a cooperage out of Napa Valley and they would give us the raw materials and then I would have to finish it, put the rings together, all of that. And so 2018 was like heavy innovation year. 2019, where at that time we were living in Colorado, we ended up moving cross country to Ohio in order to scale the production of the product. But we wanted to do it, like I said, with sustainable materials and kind of solve the plastic issue. I didn't like the amount of plastic that was getting dumped into landfills. I was like, how can we like repurpose plastic in general? And to date, we have recycled over 400,000 pounds of plastic which wow. I'm stoked about. Wow, that's super cool. Yeah, so 2019, moved cross country. My wife was eight months pregnant with our second child. Got out here, spent our last pennies trying to fund this thing. And 2019 was hands down the hardest year of my life. It was very challenging just getting this going, trying to keep food on the table for the family. But it just started growing legs and started picking up. And it was, it was tremendous. And for our audience that, again, can't see, you're how old now? And you started this company, which I think is phenomenal and inspirational to all the 20 somethings out there. But how, were you like 22, 23 when you started the company? Yeah, I was, tw- I was 23 when I started it. Like I said, I got a really early start to life. Like I was doing the, right after I got married, I was selling the art and the sculptures. And I only did that for about, about a year before I moved in to the like aviation space. So it was, it was a wild journey, wild, quick start to life. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool. That is super cool. Congratulations. Can you take us through the numbers, kind of how the company has grown since 2019, really being kind of your launch year? Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we did make sales in 2018, but 2019 was like, we stabilized the entire business. In 2020, it was prepping everything for marketing. So we did like our first photo shoot. We started optimizing like the SEO, like the whole marketing side knowing that in 2021, we were going to fully scale marketing. So we had a great year in 2020. 2021, we ended up 10xing the business, which I was blown away by, very impressed by. And we started hiring more employees. We had our first team retreat. I hired a COO at the time. He's still with us today. He's a brilliant mind. But really, 
really leaned heavy into the culture of the company and wanted to develop something that was different than what I had seen and what I had worked in, something that was empowering people, taking all of the knowledge that I had accumulated over the years of creating an environment where people can fail fast and learn from it. They can be wildly courageous in their work that they're doing while still valuing relationships over transactions. We just worked really hard in 2021, scaling marketing and building a great company culture. Wow. And then 2022 and 2023 have been even better. Oh, it was just exponential growth from there. Yeah. We launched additional products and it's just been like crazy hockey stick growth. Incredible. Tell us about the chiller that, or the new product. I think that you called it the chiller. Is that correct? That's coming out this month. Yeah, correct. So the chiller actually comes out. It's already like pre pre sales have launched, but it comes out not this month, but the following. And what's really exciting about that. I started developing this product in 2019. I didn't like the landscape of chillers that I saw out there. They were all aquarium or hydroponic chillers that people were reskinning and white labeling them from China as these cold therapy units. And they're using like the worst refrigeration systems that are very toxic, which the EPA is banning. So I went on this deep dive, spent close to 1.5 million on innovating this state-of-the-art, most smart technologically advanced water chiller. It's like the Tesla of water chillers. Love it. It took a tremendous amount of time still taking the same concepts of manufacturing in North America, utilizing a U.S. workforce, and finding sustainable components for that chiller in order to create high energy efficiency, put a great warranty on the product, and really build something that we can all be proud of, that we're not like, well, we're white labeling it from China, right? I didn't want to go that route. I wanted to make it ourselves. So we built this thing from the ground up. You control it from the remote app. You can go to the app store and download the Ice Barrel app. We built that from scratch as well. And that's where you control the water chiller from. I love it. So I'm new to all this. Wyatt, self-admitted at 50, almost two years old, I, I did my first real cold plunge that I can count this winter, actually, here in our lake, which is our in our backyard, a 97-mile long lake here outside of Nashville. And it was cold, man. It was like, it was in the thirties outside. The next day we had like two inches of ice on the top of the lake. So, but it wasn't iced over yet. The water was just above freezing somewhere in the thirties probably. And I got in there and I'll tell you what, man, I hate cold with a passion. I'll run Ironmans, I'll run marathons, I'll, you know, go through a hard, a lot of hard. And I've been through a lot of hard, but cold is like my ah weakness. So I need to probably do a lot more of it. But I got out of that water feeling like you described, like, I have never felt so good in my life, man. So I'm very intrigued. I might be one of your customers soon. I probably need to be. But for me and everybody else out there that's like, how does this all work? I've really wanted to ask somebody this. I just haven't asked anybody this. So the barrels, the, the original product, you fill it with water and just throw ice in there? Or how do you do it? And then the chiller, how is it going to work? Is it plug it in and explain just the basics to someone who knows nothing about any of this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to run you through the whole thing. So the best way to start is to utilize your shower. So start taking cold showers. The water is usually around 50. When it's fully turned cold, it's around 50 to 60 degrees, depending on where you live. And it's a great starting point. You can start building up a tolerance to the cold. You're going to start getting tremendous health benefits in the short term, reduce inflammation in the body, boost your mood, your energy levels, consistent exposure to cold helps alleviate symptoms of anxiety, depression, even can stave off cognitive decline over time. When you're ready, 
to graduate and you want to start doing full body immersion, which is really incredible because you get the hydrostatic pressure of the water on the body. So it's deeper therapeutic benefits. You'll want to use, start with the family bathtub, try it out. We love the idea of taking a nice bath upright because it's a much more comfortable position and it helps support the body's natural response in the fight or flight part of the nervous system. So you get your ice barrel, you fill it with water, you can put it out on your balcony in your garage, anywhere where you're comfortable getting water around, right? Because it can get messy. You're going to come out dripping wet, just like you get out of a bath, dripping wet. Then you add ice and you don't need a lot of ice depending on where you live. In most climates during the spring, fall and winter months, you don't even need any ice because the ambient air temperature drops low enough. You're going to get like 90% of the benefits under 55 degrees. So it doesn't take much to get the water around 55 degrees. With that being said, you then get in, start with 30 seconds. As you build up a tolerance, take an ice bath for two minutes, try and get to around 12 minutes a week. That's a great starting point. So, you know, two to three minutes a day from Monday through Friday is a great starting point. And over time, you're going to want to like drive the temperature down. You're going to build up what they call cold habituation. It's a tolerance to the cold. And then if you live in a warmer climate and you want cold water on demand, then you can seamlessly connect the Ice Barrel 300 and 500 with a water chiller. It just quick connects in. If you have an Ice Barrel 400, there's a conversion kit that you have to add a couple extra pieces and then you can circulate cold water through your, through your barrel and it will filter it and all of that. We also have great products to help support cleaning, maintaining, sanitizing the water in the barrel. You don't have to dump the water out each time. If you're using our water stabilizer, the water stays good for four to six weeks with the chiller. I mean, it's filtering it, sanitizing it. As long as your filter is clean, you're good to go. And then when you need to pop in a new filter cartridge, you just do that. I love it. And there's no toxic in the whatever chemicals you have to put in there to keep the water good for four to six weeks. Yeah, correct. So our water stabilizer, everything that we've made is we've wanted to keep everything natural, even from like the materials that we source. Again, this the plastic that we use is the highest grade plastic that you can manufacture with. It's the same material they clamp babies' umbilical cords with. It's the same material your toddler's drinking out of, non-toxic, non-porous. So you don't get like the negative plastic, like microplastic stuff is not in our product. And then the water stabilizer is made from silver copper ions. And so it's extremely safe to use. For like the commercial settings, you can mix it with bromine and chlorine if you choose to do so. But with the traditional stabilizer, it's non-toxic. It's incredible stuff. Now, don't drink it, but uh, it works great in keeping the water treated. I love it. And so the chiller is not a another ice barrel type thing. It is, it's an add-on to your ice barrel. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to the website and you click on the chiller, you can sign up to get some information about the chiller. And if you choose to do so, you can pre-order it there but it sits right next to any of your ice barrels. It performs amazing outdoor, indoor, and it just quick connects in and circulates water. Very cool. Very cool. And what is your relationship with like the, uh, the CrossFit games? I know I'm so grateful for our daughter, Dakota, and her husband, Josiah, who we love so much, who, who know you all and made the introduction so that we could have you on the show. And I'm so thankful for that. But they had mentioned something about your company's affiliation with the CrossFit games. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, we are the official cold therapy partner of the CrossFit Games. So we support all the athletes in the entire community when they come out for the CrossFit Games. We have an incredible in-person experience. You can come take an ice bath, hang out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it took a long time 
to develop that partnership and to secure that. But I'm really proud of the work that we've done. We gave every single qualifying athlete an ice barrel. So every teen, every master's athlete, all the adaptive athletes and all the individual athletes, we gave them all barrels. So I'm, I'm really proud of that work. That's awesome, Wyatt. You're obviously a beast. Okay, so I'm not going to take anything away from you and what you've done, but you must also have an incredible team to have accomplished all that you've accomplished in such a short period of time. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. I give all the credit to the team, our COO, our CMO, our staff accounting, everybody in marketing. Like I could not have done this without them and I wouldn't have wanted to. Like you can definitely go fast alone or far together and building the team has been instrumental in the growth of the company. So our team is everything to me. I love that. What would you say has been one of the practical keys to your success that our listeners can take away from and hopefully apply to their own lives and businesses? Wow. There's so many different things I could talk about, but I think one thing that rises to the top is I think being an entrepreneur and building a business is scary. It's challenging. It's hard. But as long as you're putting one step in front of the next, whether that's a fast step or a slow step, or you're dragging your feet, as long as you're moving forward and you're staying consistent, the only way you can't win is if you don't play. And so just staying consistent in the work is key. And so, yeah, I mean, one simple principle is just consistency in the work. It's your energy that fuels and feeds the business. So just keep at it. There were so many haters, discouragers, mockers along the way. And you have to use that as fuel for growth. It's because of all the jokers and the haters that we are where we are today. They help you innovate better. They help you think more creatively about the business. They make you a better problem solver. So don't shy away from the discouragement. Lean into it. Learn from it. Build from it. And then you get to a point where you welcome it. Because if you're not getting challenged, you're not doing anything meaningful. Oh, that's really good. I like that a lot. If you're not getting challenged, you're probably not doing anything meaningful. So good. I know when we were communicating earlier, we we're talking about like some of the challenges, even at, I think you're 28 years old, you know, and in six, seven years into this particular business, six years, I think you said, you know, some of the challenges that you've already faced. I think it's so easy for people to think, well, man, why it's killing it. He must've just had it easy, you know, but, but no, we all know that's, that's not the reality of life, but you had talked about failure being a challenge. I'd written some notes here, just societal expectations, excuses and even the illusion of a destination. So I don't know if those are all rolled into one or a, that's a whole bunch of different things that I just threw out there. But what did you mean by that? Like what has been some of your challenges along the way? There's been a lot of them. Yeah, it's interesting. I very much early on in my life believed in this like hustle culture. This like the hustle culture tells you like don't sleep, work hard. It's a never ending ladder that you climb and try and like hit those like crazy, uh, those crazy baselines, right? And so I totally like ate into all of that and it was never enough, right? I was constantly pushing constantly and it became very like survivalistic coupled with like the anxiety I had from childhood. So like, as I started overcoming, like what I, I think those are illusions, right? Those are like societal expectations and pressures. And when I broke out of those mindsets, it gave me so much freedom to create. I believe that the highest form of innovation and creativity is always infused with the spirit of play. And when you can stay playfully curious about problems in your own life and your relationships, and you can ask the questions to yourself, like, what else is possible? What else could I do? Right? It opens up your mind for something different and a different outcome. 
yeah, I think to like answer your question, maybe a little bit more simply is there is no destination, right? The game never ends. And so it's not about getting somewhere. It's about how do we just keep the game going? (laughs) How do we optimize and become better in the game? How do we become better players? Like, I love the name of your podcast. Like life is hard. So pick your heart. Yeah. It's hard being poor and it's hard being rich. It's hard being, (laughs) it's hard being in a relationship and it's hard not being in a relationship. So like pick the hard that you want to tackle. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard being fit and healthy and it's hard being overweight and unhealthy. I I agree with you a hundred percent. Pick your heart. I love that so much. So when did you have that realization that this hustle culture, this grind, 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 grind all the time is the answer really wasn't the answer. Did you have some kind of aha moment to realize that? Or was it just kind of a process over time? It was definitely a process. It was One of my favorite comedians, Zach Galifianakis, said that rest and recovery is equally as important to success and working hard. And that, I mean, that just sat in me because I was not accustomed to rest and recovery. And that was the moment that I realized that in order to keep the game going and keep playing the game and getting better at it, I have to take care of me. And if you got to treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for. So you have to take care of yourself. You got to take radical responsibility for who you are. You have to take radical responsibility, even if it's not your fault, right? You can't blame your parents. You can't blame your upbringing. You have to take responsibility for those things. And I I think the idea of like, though there's a place for hard work, but if you believe that you have to work hard for everything you get, you will spend your whole life working hard for everything you get, right? If you change that mindset and you work smart, you work together, right? It changes the outlook on it. And so rest and recovery are equally as important to hard work and success. So good. I'm writing that down. That's a golden nugget for everybody listening. How do you, in hindsight now, view your past challenges that you've been through to date? It's so interesting. Whenever we overcome something in life that was really hard and that we complained about, that was like, that put us down in life, and then we overcome it, we then wear it as like a badge of honor, right? 100%. Looking back, there are some things that had happened that weren't great early on in childhood and didn't serve me well and that I could have gone without. But at the same time, I wouldn't be here today without those things, right? It it developed so much like resiliency and tenacity. And I respect the, the work and the, I get emotional, like thinking back, I respect the work and the grit that that gave me to overcome that so that my kids can now stand on my shoulders. It's so interesting. I was just telling one of my coworkers here, you don't want your kids to have to go through what you went through, right? And, but then at the same time, it's like, well, I want them to have like grit and resiliency and I want them to work hard, right? Right. But at the same time, you want them to stand on your shoulders and everybody's going to have their own challenges. And so if you can create and facilitate an environment where you do the hard work, to give the next generation a leg up, they're still going to have hard work to do. Taking a business from zero to a million is like way harder than going from a million to 10 million. And going from 10 million to 100 million is like, it gets easier and easier as you go, right? So you want somebody that can stand on the shoulders of you where they don't have to take it from zero to a million. They can take it from 100 million to 500 million, right? But it takes a different skill set and a different type of hard work just going back to your question, like if we can create those environments and facilitate those experiences for the next generation to stand on our shoulders and not have to grind and fight the way that you did to overcome things, I think it's tremendously helpful 
creating a legacy. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't easy. I mean, I'm a big advocate for whether it's uh, therapy or life coaching, whatever you want to call it, like getting help to work through your own problems. It was tremendously helpful for me. And, and when you can do that and you can be transparent and you can be honest or at the very least not dishonest, you know, you can grow so much more. It put, again, it puts you in that playful state when you're in a healed state to be more creative, to be more innovative in life in general, especially like being a husband, being a father. Like I parent so much better when I'm in a playful, curious state versus a rigid living out of past traumas or past challenges, you know? Yeah, so much good stuff there, what I do know. And uh, you brought up some great points. I mean, one being, I don't want to just gloss over, but one being just the importance of being open, honest, vulnerable with people that can actually walk you through, get, have other perspectives and other insights from the outside. It could be one other person. It could be a peer advisory group, mastermind, whatever. Just the value in that, that so many people I see in myself for a lot longer than you, you've been living went without in my life. And now I can look back and go, man, I wish I would have started that a lot sooner. Just getting that help from a variety of angles of life, right? Absolutely. So good. And then the thing with the children, like, or even like your childhood, I can relate with that. I've been through some really hard stuff. And there's some of those things I I don't wish for my children to go through. But at the same time, like finding that balance of, and we're not going to go create trauma or whatever for our children, just so, so they can develop grit and these things that have served us well. But at the same time, like ensuring they, we set up an environment where they can still grow and develop those things that have been instrumental in your success and my success and will be instrumental in theirs. Again, to take a company from a hundred million to 500 million or whatever they, whatever the scenario may be for them, right? For, for your children or whatever. I love that. I love that. And I think that is the challenge. I guess all that to say is that is the challenge, right? How do you, and I don't know if you have insight on that, but like, how do you, you know, what is your perspective of? developing those skills, the grit, that work ethic and all that without, and still, I mean, your children are growing up with resources. I don't know how you grew up, but they're growing up with money and they're growing up with, yeah, at least you have money. I don't know if they have money, <laughs> you know, if they realize it, right? yeah. you're, you're successful is what I'm saying. Like, how do you balance all that? Yeah, that's a great question. My kids are young and I think it is maintaining a state of humility and gratitude life is hard for everybody, right? And it's going to be hard for them too, no matter what they grow up with. Like being a trust fund baby is hard, right? They have, they have access and ease to a lot, but they also have a whole new set of problems. And so creating an environment that is based on humility and gratitude, I think solves a lot of those issues because they're going to have their own life challenges. But if we can just be examples of honesty and humility, And also like for us, what works really well for us is not buying into like American consumerism. I think that's like a really like toxic trait, you know, that a lot of us can fall victim to. I think instilling like good self-discipline, even my, my younger daughter, making a clear differentiation between a need and a want at a young age. And then if it is a need, how do we assess that? How do we solve for that? And if it is a want, how do we plan for that? And being able to tell the difference is really important because a lot of times our ego tells us these things that we, that we want, but it frames it as a need, right? In order for me to be happy, healthy, I have to have this in my life. So being able to discern the difference is really important and understanding when is that like the ego talking and then when is that like a genuine need? So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it's great advice. Great advice. 
If you could go back in time, and I know we'd love to give our younger self a lot of advice, but if you could just pick one thing, what is one of those things you'd love to have told your younger self? Man, that one comes really easy for me. I would have told myself that it's going to be okay. I felt for so many years of my life that it wasn't going to be okay. But just going back to like younger Wyatt and saying like, hey man, it's going to be okay. You can relax. That would have been the biggest piece of advice I would have given. So good. So good. Hey, as we start to wind this up, just some kind of rapid fire 30 second type quick questions for you, Wyatt. Do you have a favorite success quote? I do. I like a a guy named Alex Hermosi. He said this quote that you don't become better. I'm going to butcher this, so go Google it. But you don't become better by shouting affirmations at yourself in a mirror. You become better by undeniably proving to yourself that you are who you say you are by the work that you do. Mm. And so I lean into, I am who I say I am based on the results that I've produced, not by (laughs) looking in a mirror and saying some like affirmation to myself. And that was really hard because in the beginning, when you're building a life and a business, and I'm young, I'll be 30 actually this year in May, but there was a lot, like I said early on, there was a lot of doubt around me. And there was a lot of like, maybe it's time to like call it a day, go get a, go get a real job, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was hard at those times to keep moving forward, to prove to yourself that you are going to do what you say you're going to do. And you are who you say you are. Right. And so coupled with like grit and tenacity to get there, once you level up to whatever that level is, you then lean on that right? And so you're forward thinking, but you're also reflective of, I said, I'm going to do this. And I did this. I am undeniably who I say I am, right? And it's those moments that give you that boost of confidence and that that truth of who you are to keep going and to keep building. So good. That is so good. I haven't heard anyone say it exactly like that, especially I, I wasn't familiar with that Hermosi quote. But it's so good. I mean, our actions, we have to work to have our actions align with the words that we say, right? I mean, it's essentially, I think, what what he's saying. Yeah. And I love yeah. that. I lo- Otherwise, we don't believe the words. Eventually, yeah. you can say it all you want. If you're not taking action that aligns with the words, you're going to stop believing the words if you ever didn't, you know, if you ever believed them in the first place. That, that'd be the question. So I love that. Yeah. What is one habit? Maybe a daily habit, something that's helped you become successful? Yeah, Absolutely. I do not believe in chasing happiness. I think we have to control our dopamine releases and we should derive a dopamine hit from effort, not pleasure. And in doing so, you find peace. So I think a life of peace is more sustainable and more fulfilling than a life of happiness. And so motivation will only get you so far, but discipline gets you to the finish line. And so for myself, a daily habit that keeps me going. There's a few things here, but working out, I love, absolutely love CrossFit. It does not love me. I'm not (laughs) any good at it, but I am committed to it. Love it. And the habit of showing up five to six days a week in the CrossFit gym is a habit. Also just nutrition. I like to eat things that fuel my body, not things that like taste good to my, you know, to my taste buds. And so just being cognizant of I'm putting fuel in my body and I'm training hard every day. Those are some disciplines that are very meaningful to me. I love your discipline. I mean, you're definitely a disciplined guy and I can see why you're having so much success. And I, I admire you and love having conversations with people like you. Thank you for everything you're sharing. 
what's one book that you might recommend? I don't know. I know some people aren't readers, but maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But was there a book that you might recommend to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience? Yeah, there's a lot of books. I was a much bigger reader than I am today. What reading looks like for me now is audiobooks. Yeah. There's a lot of books that I really love, but some foundational books for me, which I think a lot of people can relate to, would be Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. One of my favorite books was Your Personal MBA. I don't know his last name. His first name is John, but that was a great book on business early on, as well as The Richest Man in Babylon. I read it when I was like 12 years old, and I absolutely love that book. When it comes to actually like building a business, I really like Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. And there's another one that's really good. Diary of a CEO is a phenomenal book for marketing today, what marketing looks like today and building a business today in this climate, this economy. So good. Those are a bunch of good ones there. What is your definition of success, Wyatt? You ever think about that? Yeah, I think success looks like peace at the end of the day. Yeah. A peaceful life. I'm actually a pretty private person. I like living in the country with a lot of land, with our chickens and our cows, and living just a very quiet, peaceful life, I think is what success is. I love it. I think it's important to say, I'm pretty transparent. Like along the way, it was very hard growing this business. My wife and I, we went $80,000 in debt. I completely tanked my credit. And it took about five years to pay off that debt as well as rebuild our credit. And so I don't ever want there to be a perception that it just like fell into place. It was a lot of pain, a lot of hard work. Uh, banks hated me for the longest time. <laughs> uh, credit card companies hated me for the longest time. But I wouldn't be afraid to fail because every failure is just a learning. And so being at peace doesn't mean having money. There was a lot of peace along the way. There was a lot of peace during all of those creditors hitting me up, <laughs> uh, wanting payment. So it, it you can't attain a certain level of life and then have peace. You have to right. find the peace along the way. And so that, that's what I think success is. And I love that. And that's such great advice. There's plenty of examples of people that have made plenty of money and had success if success was measured only monetarily that never had peace. And so I think you make an incredible point. And there's people that never will have money that have peace. So I love that. It is about having peace along the way, along the journey, and that it's not just about the destination. We can easily buy into that lie and it's, it is a lie. So I love that. When you think about the future, Wyatt, what excites you the most right now? I love that question. We have an incredible team. We have an employee stock option pool. I raised a little bit of money last year for, and so I took on a few investors. And the thing that excites me the most right now is the team winning and the investors winning. I take that weight very, very seriously. And I'm 100% genuine. Like the thought of we're building something that, creates change in their lives that maximizes returns for them, that excites me that I have done something meaningful enough to impact other people's lives. Like I'm proud that we take care of so many salaries. And even from like the manufacturing side, there are people that wake up every day that nobody sees that are pouring the plastic into the mold. And we've secured those jobs for them here in the US. I'm so proud of that. And I'm excited for the impact that we've made in that regard. That's something to be very excited about. This has been awesome, Wyatt. So much good golden information that you're sharing. Can't thank you enough. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you or your company and follow along on your continued journey? 
Yeah. So I'm not personally on social media, but we have an incredible social media team that works very hard on sharing the experiences that everybody has benefited from Ice Barrel on Instagram. And our handle is at Ice Barrel. So start there, go see what the community is doing, go see the lives being impacted. And then you can find us on our our website at icebarrel.com. You can see, learn all about cold therapy. You can see the products that we've built. Those are the best ways to connect with us. I love it. And is it all direct to consumer? Is icebarrel.com where someone would go to purchase their product or do they go somewhere else to get the product? Yeah, icebarrel.com is the best place to get the product. We are hopefully this year going to be in stores and a couple major retailers. So we're really excited about that. But for right now, you can find the products at icebarrel.com. Awesome, Wyatt. I'm going to give you again, this has been awesome. I'm going to give you the last word. Any closing comment you might want to share with our audience on the way out? Yeah, the only way you can't win is if you don't play. So get off the bleachers, go shoot some hoops. You don't have to like actually sink them in there. But the only way you don't get a basket is if you don't throw a ball. So get out there and just start throwing balls. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Great advice. Wyatt's been awesome. Thank you so much, brother, for taking your time to come on here and share with our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Alan, for having me. And thank you for everyone who's listening. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contacts page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.